This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. to calm Brian down before this episode started. He said, hold me back, bro. Just kidding. He's going to do tonight. I just got, I just woke up from a nap. That's how, how hard you had to hold me back. Wow. When was the last time you took a nap? I don't, I never take a nap. I don't know. I, I went back to the gym the last couple of days and it's been a while. So my body's like, slow down there, old man. Yeah. I, uh, I, I have this bet with Davis where we have to read and, uh, meditate, uh, each day. And today I was so tired. Like I started falling asleep during my meditation <laughs> because normally it's like you, you get jarred when you start thinking and you remember, Oh yeah, I'm meditating, focus on my breath today. It was like, I was starting to fall asleep. Uh, so I could have used a Brian Hooper mid afternoon nap today. Are you using headspace? I am. Yeah. yeah. I did most of theirs. Uh, a few years ago. I like Sam Harris's new one. He keeps updating it. It's pretty nice. It is. Yeah. My my thing, I forget who I was talking to about this, but like when I'm really struggling to focus or my thoughts are going everywhere, I enjoy the headspace, kind of the nudges. But then mm-hmm. sometimes when I'm in a groove, I get annoyed when he comes in and chimes in. So it's like, it's hard yeah. to know because sometimes you just want to be with your own thoughts for 15 si- minutes of silence. Yeah. They have they have those on there though I think I haven't used it in a while but I think they have some uh, uh, like like minimal intrusion and stuff like that. Yeah, we got Matthew in the chat. People are very excited for your comparisons to uh, to various historical events as they now pertain to sports betting and DFS. So you can't let the people down with your hyperbole, Brian. <laughs> We're gonna start with the Bronze Age comparison. And we'll, we'll work our way. Yeah. So what, what's this, you told me, uh, that you are, you're finally done with bet rivers. I mean, how long has it been like just a, a month and a half, two months? If that, I mean, no, they're the first ones to get legalized. They, they limited me to like nothing. And, um, a hundred, a hundred, 110, 120 bucks was like, all right, whatever. Yeah. And then two days ago it was $13 for every, <laughs> every market. And, um, and then I tried again yesterday for football again, and it was thirteen dollars. I'm like, this isn't. It's not even worth to like go there and click buttons. You know what I mean? So I just yeah. cashed out. It's like whatever. Not what can you do? Do they have like some kind of? I mean, I I know that you're not getting anything undone, but do they have like a rep that you can contact and be like, hey, I'd love to allow you guys to collect VIG on my bets, but I can only bet $13 just to like hear what they say. No, but that reminds me, I have like a bunch of VIP points or something on there. I should probably cash those out. (laughs) That's like the equivalent of you like breaking up from someone and you go over to collect your cardboard box filled with your stuff. Brian's like heading through over there. like, can I uh, actually cash these in for some lava lamps before I uh, hit the road? (laughs) Yeah, got to do it. Got to get those lava lamps back, you know? You paid for those. There you go. There you go. So, like, where – I mean, you've been doing 
the your props that you've been uh putting up so now are you just on betting on like bovada and anywhere else yeah bovada um points bet and fanduel and dk are the only well bovada is not legal here but they serve america are the only books that do it i haven't done any on dk really and so i guess now i'll start blender's asking if you got limited on just props or also sides and totals I mean, I bet sides and totals, but there's not much. Um, I was trying to mask my play a little bit. Like, there's only so much I can do. I can't beat sides or totals. Um, I probably could have done some more derivatives. I think I wasn't betting that much. Yeah. Like, my big bet, like, I probably had a couple 500, but most of them were, like, probably between 125 and 250. And so I'm like, this will keep me under the radar, I, I, I thought. And then I did, uh, you know, occasional bets here or there. Like I'd look at, you know, some of the pros like give out picks and stuff like that. Yeah. And I'm like, if I'm even, you know, even if the even if the edge is is almost bet out of it already, like I'm close to even and I'm masking my play. So I would yeah. do that. Yeah, just to do flips, just to keep yeah. your account in good standing. Exactly. And it didn't it didn't matter. I think once you get under their radar, you're you're dead. You're done. What I assume you had a pretty good ROI. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I don't know, ten thousand percent or something. Really? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So you you were uh, you were flagged uh, probably pretty. I put, I'm, not, I'm not even joking. I put two hundred and fifty dollars on that site. Yeah, they had a two hundred fifty dollar bonus. It you know hundred percent match. I'm like, yeah, I'll throw two fifty on there. Wow. <laughs> Wow. So that might have been that might not not help, but like eh, it was probably inevitable anyways. Who knows? Maybe I could have got away with it. Masking your play is important. I probably would have had an overall strategy, uh a better overall strategy. If it was it was just the only game in town and this is the first legal book I've ever had in my life. I wanted to get on there and start betting, you know? Yeah. So, you know, whatever. It's gone. But hopefully I can fuck them somehow. <laughs> Does it like, do you think their flagging algorithm, like how many just like $500 bets on spreads and sides would you have to make until they're like, all right, we can let Brian bet more than $13 on a prop. I don't know. Captain Jack has a video. Uh, everyone could check out. I think it's called the sports betting pyramid. And, uh, he gives out his advice on like how much action you want to put on all these other things. But it's like, um, I don't know, like, you're throwing a lot way a lot of EV betting on shit you don't you have no edge in. So I I think me bitching about it probably didn't help. <laughs> I'm Wait, not sure. bitching, bitching where? On Twitter. <laughs> were you, were I remember, you remember they ban, they banned Cash Out King, not for because he was good, but because he was a maniac and uh because he kept tagging him and stuff on Twitter. So they're paying attention. Holy cow, literally as you said it, as you conjured Cash Out King's Dave, he popped up in my tweet deck feed for the first time. I haven't seen him in, in ages. By the way, he's on Pepperdine minus three and a half. He says, hate me, fade me, berate me, don't matter, I'm right. Sounds like a gold star lock right there, baby. Uh, I need to open my Bet Rivers account again. <laughs> no, it, Brian, I am not kidding you. I just pulled up his account. The last time he tweeted was October 7th. You said his name and it popped up in my account. The I first Well, we gotta like that, don't we? Oh, oh yeah. You can't reply though. What it what it what is the what's the sport? Is this bas what's Pepperdine? Is this football? I want to go bet it. Oh, um, it's gotta be it's gotta be basketball. I'm ass- I'm assuming. Pepperdine basketball. Okay. I didn't even know uh I guess I did know that college basketball had started back up. Yeah, yeah. All right, I'm going to tail this bet. This seems like All too right. much fun. Let me uh Eli says, I have four Pepperdine guys north of 75% in DFS today. He ain't wrong. All right. Look at this, guys. Yeah, Eli's making, like, projections and shit in my Discord for college basketball. Isn't that right, Eli? Isn't that what you're doing? There you go. Uh, It looks like the line I can get is minus four and a half, but I trust him so much that I don't feel the need to line shop this one. (laughs) There you go. Half a Benji on cash out 
King's first tweet back. How could you not tail him on this? <laughs> For sure. Uh, and and, it, and I'm assuming it is three and a half at uh, in college basketball, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Everybody in the chat is now is now tailing cash out Kings Pepperdine. I I smashed that Miles Boykin over yesterday as soon as Des Bryant got uh, ruled out. Oh, that was nice. Yeah, and and it, it looks like it wasn't that. So I had him at twelve and a half or something like that, and he the over under started around eight and a half in the morning. So it was a pretty good bet, anyways. But then as soon as Bryant's out, they didn't move the lines. I think Fanduel removed the took took the line down, but all the other ones kept it up. Yeah, I was um, I was so tilted last night because I've been trying to like update my showdown process a little bit, and I was messing with it. And it was taking me longer, you know, because it was the first time I was doing it. And then that Des Bryant news comes out like 10 minutes before. And I was just like, I'm not redoing it. I'm, I'm just not. <laughs> and I luckily broke even on the slate and I probably shouldn't have. But uh, yeah, that late breaking news was a, a real thorn in my side. So you didn't you didn't have you didn't have Des Bryant in your line. No, no, I got him out of it. I'm just saying okay. I would have run it with the boost to, you know, whatever Boykin and Duvernay and Proche and whoever else. Luke Wilson. Yeah, I pivoted mostly to Duvernay. Not enough Boykin. I didn't have enough time. Yeah, I wanted to do it like fifty-fifty yeah. off of Des Bryant, and uh, but then I was just like running out of time. And I just went eh, Duvernay for the last ones. Yeah. So did you see? You uh, James McCool had a, a really nice uh, showdown hit. He had a single lineup in like three contests. One hundred eighty-three dollars in entries. Forty thousand dollar hit. Not too bad. James McDupe, you mean? James McDupe, yeah. <laughs> what was it duped with uh, in one? Four people. I don't know. It was seven grand <laughs> off of five hundred thousand. It must have been a lot. These, please keep these comments going. These, these are so good. Jason uh, Stanzel, sorry I'm late. Did I miss the prison assault portion of the program? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. <sighs> yeah. What what kind of feedback? Uh, I saw a few comments in your Discord and my Discord. What what other feedback did you get from last week? Um, somebody called me racist on the streets of Chicago here, uh, but I think that was unrelated. Was that just Alex? You guys bumped into each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. Uh, I got. Yeah, I think I got pretty good feedback. We got a lot of uh, people. Some of them tagging you too, saying they liked it. Not enough people tagging me, you know, for my liking. No, not enough, but <laughs> some. And we got a decent amount of views compared to our other shows. So that's what it's all about. I mean, Brian doesn't even actually feel that passionately about it. He just knew that the rage was good for the views. Um, I, I'm an actor. <laughs> Excellent actor. So like, okay, here's a tweet I just got. And now I, now I'm immediately becoming self-conscious. I have never gotten this in my entire life. You know what? I'll just pull this up. I I'm going to need you, Brian, to, to tell me if this is something that I should uh, be thinking about. Hi, Peter Overzet. Can you make a fleet telling us what it's like to not have lips and how you overcame it? Do mm. I have small lips? I have a policy of never responding to commies. <laughs> so I wouldn't even act like that guy exists. Well, well, people tell me, do I, do I have like abnormally small lips? Eh, really? Like, what does that even mean? I, I've just never heard this in my life. Someone tell me. It might be like the lighting and like your lips aren't that red. And so maybe they blend in or something. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this one. Thank you. <laughs> I love getting comments like Dave Clark. Lips are fine. This <laughs> 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 uh, This show does remind me of Inside the Actor Studio. Gorgeous Dong says my lips are looking juicy enough for me. I think I do have to consider the source there. Uh, Rick, I'm, wow. In my, uh, in my Twitter thread, what are we comparing slavery to this week from uh, Patrick Allen, I think? Who's it? Yeah. There you go. Speaking of, uh, not speaking of slavery, speaking of, did you find someone or you've been auditioning people for your news hound opening? Yeah. Working with somebody right now where we haven't, figured it out exactly yet but i think so all right can you have them uh let us know if there's any breaking news on the pepperdine uh starting five 
I, I mean, that's yeah. that's their next assignment. That's uh, the most important uh, project you can think you can. I mean, if if don't you think Cash Out King would already be on that? <laughs> that was even if you know he's got contacts with the water boy, you know, like the team trainer. What he's do you? What do you think his process is for for coming like? For tweeting out a play, like what do you think gets him on that? <laughs> you got so disgusted just even thinking about it. You're like, I hate even thinking about it. I, whatever the neurons that fire in his head that just make him press that button. Who? I mean, I don't think there's any, there's there's a rhyme or reason to it. I wouldn't think. <laughs> Now, now we're merging our comments. Daniel says you might not get picked first as a prison girlfriend. So there, there we go. We have now come full circle with my lips. Our talk yeah. about prisons. Uh, Cobra, Cobra is trying to ask. Cobra, I can't even read this message. You literally just listed an entire best ball team. We can't, we can't do that, Cobra. The, save, save it for ship chasing. We'll indulge you with that one on ship chasing. Is um, that real? I, I don't know. I, I can't. I can't right now, Cobra. <laughs> Um, he, in his defense, I did lift the moratorium on discussing best ball teams for one day. Of course, um, a lot of teams got through in the underdog championship. You are allowed to talk about it today and one day only Brian, I should check in on the team we made on stream. Remember that we did a, a best ball draft. Is that, yeah, that's the Millie winner. Probably it is. I can't we- even. Can you even remember a single guy we drafted on that team? No. God. <laughs> <laughs> I, could, I could care less. Unless, of course, it might win a milli. Then I'm all yeah. then I'm all in. Actually, it might give me a sweat. My two uh my two season-long leagues that I'm still like uh uh legally bound to from like friendship being so long. Uh I there's like my worst seasons ever. And I made like two transactions throughout the year. There's like no interest at all. Yeah, it's um, man, I'm so like the way the FFPC leagues work is waivers end uh last week, and then everyone's playoffs just or rosters lock for the playoffs, and it feels like such a relief. It was so nice to not have to go through and do waivers today. Oh my god, I bet it's so annoying. I can't believe that's so popular. What's yeah, wrong? what's wrong with you people? Uh, it's Mookie says, is this the streamer? We tout our home league teams making it into the playoffs. That's exactly what it is. Please get them in, send us screenshots, uh, let us know it, but only if it's a buy-in under $50 and you have to have known the people for at least 10 years. Matt Hudson says, I have some transformational best ball teams. Oh, okay. Wow. If you're going to, if you're going to say that, you might as well add him, Matt. Yeah. Yeah. Add him. Don't just add him. (laughs) What, how is your Jim Cramer head to head GPP uh, proceeding now? Do you guys, have you guys locked anything in yet? I think you pointed out to me that he retweeted CSU Ram the other yeah. day. So maybe I, I feel like Randone really walked it back. He was acting like he was pals with Jim Cramer. He was defending his honor, said he follows him. I was hoping for the group DM. It didn't happen. Maybe if I go through Peter, I bet Peter has better Kramer connections. Okay. All right. Yeah. I think that, I think that should be, uh, you, you were really, you were pushing for it. You want me to do a head to head challenge with Randone. I do. I think that'd be fun as hell. Yeah. I think a lot of people would love it. We could pump it up. Be good. Uh, you know, trash talking on Twitter. Everyone would love it. Yeah. The side bets could get huge too. Maybe it should it be like um like a decathlon where we play all these all these different sports, you know, really stretch it out uh over a while. I th- the problem is we're running out of we're running out of good main slates, man. We're down to like a couple. That's true. Yeah. You probably would have to. You could do MMA, NFL. You want like at least like six, right? Yeah. I feel like uh, as a little side turn, I feel like the chorus around people who play MMA DFS is getting louder and louder about the game being broken on DraftKings. Good. Keep Have going. you noticed that? No. Uh, I thought, yeah, no. Cause we've been saying that for months. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I feel like I haven't been playing MMA during football season, but whenever I check my my Twitter feed on a Saturday night, people are just tilting the scoring hard, people tagging DraftKings, proposing. People have been proposing that kind of um, time-specific uh, scoring based on like when the knockout happens kind of stuff. Especially in the first round. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would do it like, you know, five-point drop, like, like let's say it's 120 for like a first minute lock knockout then 110 and then 100 something like that yeah we'll get you closer you could do the math and figure it out but yeah that it's a, it's not right that you you knock a guy out in 18 seconds and then somebody who just <laughs> threw a bunch of bunches and th- wins a decision beats you in points i mean i i don't know i guess it's not super predictive yeah and Joe, Joe in the chat says, can you elaborate on how it's broken? I think, I mean, Brian just described one of the ways with the scoring. And then the other way is just with the DraftKings non-captain format that just results in so many dupes that could be really alleviated just by having a captain slot. Yeah. And an assistant to the regional manager would be uh, perfect too. The, uh, in, in the, 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 um, the um, referee scoring is like, what are you going to do? Yeah. That's like, Jordan in the chat, who is famously on the DK player committee. I mean, you can't get through one sentence without this guy reminding you he's on the player <laughs> committee. He says MMA scoring may be getting revamped on DraftKings. So there you wow. go. Little, little news nugget there for you, MMA grinders. Don't add anything that we can't make a model on, Jordan. <laughs> That's uh, that's really my concern too. I'm just like, guys, if I can't model it, don't even hey, bother. You're gonna just copy everyone else's model, so you're gonna <laughs> want it to be modelable. So, uh, all I, yeah, me and Randone, whoever can spin up the new MMA model fast enough for our decathlon <laughs> challenge, let's let's bet on that. <laughs> you guys have to like record your your Excel screen. As you guys are making these models, I'd watch. I'd watch that for hours on my Roku. Like, look at these fucking idiots. <laughs> that would really level the playing field. I worry. It's um, like it goes between like one tab's Excel, the other tab is Google. Like, how to V look up? Back to the Excel. Back to Google. <laughs> what does Match do? Back to Google. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. It except it's just. Never mind. I'm not even gonna go to there. Um. <laughs> <laughs> let's see here so you got banned by ben yeah, rivers we were, we were going to talk about uh poker or oh uh, yeah you you said you watched uh brandon adams had tom dwan the mysterious der. tom dwan were you were you familiar at all when i was doing the man's character about like the tom dwan bit that i had I think you told me about it. Um, I, I just saw when I followed you first, I'm like, he's only found one person. And it's Tom <laughs> yeah. So like, you know, back when I first started doing videos, I was doing them for this site poker tube. And like, I wasn't well steeped in like that era of poker. Like I was obsessed with it when I was in high school and I followed it all. And then I took a lot of time off and then they're like, Hey, make poker videos as man. So I was getting more well-versed and they're like, Tom Dwan just crushes with SEO. Like if you do a video about Tom Dwan, people will watch it. So I did this thing called Missing Tom Dwan, which was a spoof on, there was this uh, series podcast called um, uh, Missing Richard Simmons about looking. So I just modeled it after that. And Uh as a bit like searching for him. And it's ironic because Brandon Adams was actually the closest I ever got because I interviewed Brandon at this this poker thing, Poker Night in America. And then I got to know him a little bit at the Gambling Olympics. And when we were there, he was getting lunch with Tom Dwan at one of the hotels. And he messages me and he's like, I'm just finishing up lunch with Tom Dwan if you want to come meet him as Mance. And I'm like getting ready to call the Uber. Like I'm like, this is going to be so good. I've built this up. And, uh, and right when I'm about to get in the Uber, he's like, oh, he just he just left. And I was like, well, you might must not have given him the hard enough sell to sit yeah. around and wait for man's to show up. But all that to say, he then went on Brandon Adams podcast uh, the other day. And I believe you said you didn't make it all the way through. I didn't I, about your bit. It would have been funny if you would have like filmed him driving away, you know, like one of those in the, you could see that in like a documentary, like I, we almost got him. <laughs> yeah. And that's like the end. Yeah. So I, I watched like the first 20 minutes. 
And I think they started talking about the coronavirus or something. And I'm like, off. Um, and he looks exactly the same. Yeah. Doesn't he? He's, he looks does. like he's 18 still. Yeah. Yeah, from those the high stakes poker days, he, he looks the exact same. Which he wasn't much older than 18 back then. My my it, it was it was fun just getting to hear him talk, but the problem is is because Brandon is friends with him, like all the assumed knowledge, like Brandon knows what's been going on in his life. Like he knows all the stuff, whereas the casual person is like, We want to know what you've been up to, where have you been, like what's going on in all these games in Macau. And yeah. he didn't ask him any of those questions, so you're kind of like Give it, give us the juicy stuff, Brandon. Yeah, like yeah, in the beginning, not much. Yeah, exactly. There wasn't much on there that kept me watching. Is, did you? You said you had some thoughts on it. What 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 interested you? No, I mean that was that was mainly it. it like I was hoping for kind of more prodding questions of what he'd been up to, and even the one time, I don't know if you got to this part in it, but he was referencing that in some of these games in Macau that there's this tradition where when you win a pot almost as like a tip to the person you just beat in the pot you like give them money like I don't know how much it was but it's almost in the same way you tip a dealer like you tip the person you just beat and Brandon kind of started following up on that and he's like yeah I noticed that and he's like is that just cultural or whatever and Tom goes I, I can't talk about that and 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 he was like, what? It, and it was so confusing because I just assumed like Brandon that it was some like kind of cultural thing. But Tom's response made it seem like there was more behind what's going on there. And then I was like, okay, now I'm actually intrigued. I want to know what kind of shady business is going on here where he can't talk about it. That's weird. Yeah. Like my first thought is like it goes to like the mob or something. But like then why would you give it to the dude? Right. Like, why couldn't you talk about it? Does anyone know in chat? Is anyone up on the Macau uh, poker scene? Well, that was like back when I was doing the the man's Dwan bit. That You know, there were all these rumors about like why he was playing in Macau. There was all these rumors that he was like kidnapped by the triads and then like owed all this money and was having to play in these high stakes games to like win or pay his way out of debt. Like there was all these crazy rumors um, and I, I feel like they've never actually fully been addressed. Hmm. It's like reverse rounders. <laughs> yeah. He's up to begin with and then they kidnap him. Yeah. Um, that, that's, yeah, that's, that's, I thought it was just like the games dried up and him and Ivy went to Macau cause there's a bunch of rich dudes throwing money around who don't know how to play. And I, I think Dwan too, as a player, like he's an action player. Like he loves playing flops. He has a very loose, aggressive style. Like these businessmen. And when you get in like the super, you know, private high stakes games where you get good action, like you have to be an action player. Like it's why Antonio Esfandiari gets to sit in all of these kind of like celeb games. Cause he's super fun and action heavy player. Like if you're just a tight knit, like no one wants to play with you. And yeah. so I think Dwan probably also endeared himself to those guys because they're like, man, this is an action player. Like he'll take action, but he'll give it, give it as well. Huh. I remember I thought back in the day, Antonio online, his stats were pretty nitty. Maybe not. I don't know. It's been so long. Um the uh 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 the what was I gonna say about uh I, I can't remember what I was gonna say about those games, but yeah, I can't remember what I was going to say. For, for, forget it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we've, I mean, the last time I'd really thought about, I, I have been following a little bit more with the uh, the poker, uh, the poker, the Doug Polk Negranu challenge, which I feel has been, I feel like back when I was doing more poker stuff, there was always this conversation of like, you know, is poker dead? Or like, we need more personalities in poker or what's good for poker I feel like this event has has been good for it. Now I remember. Yes. I was going to say, okay, how I wonder how and and since I'm not involved in poker anymore anymore, this this is probably someone knows this answer. Like can like Dwan and I don't know who else was a stud back then. I mean, I know Phil Galfon still plays, but like I wonder you if Dwan like, like, like Ivy and Dwan, I wonder if they could beat the the like online nosebleeds now. See, I feel like it it would be a similar dynamic where I would still probably take like guys like Ivy and I'm just 
just talking out of my ass, but I would take those guys probably in like mixed game stuff, like live mixed game, just cause they're, you know, and I know Dwan mentioned on that podcast, he's primarily playing short deck now. And I think that, and he even, there was one anecdote where he said like, he felt one of his strengths similar to Galfond was picking up these new games and mm-hmm. getting ahead of the curve before they get solved mm-hmm. more. Um, but I also feel like if they went, they would probably lose to specialists, right? Like if there was someone at the highest stakes of like maybe golf on playing pot limit Omaha all the time. Like I feel like that's where they really, the talent gap starts to increase. Right. That, that's what I'm talking about. Cause like yeah. mainly everyone just played back in the day, Nolan Holm six max. Yeah. And then there was, you know, some heads up specialists. And then like, once you got up higher, there was nine max, I mean, there was nine max in the lower ones, but no one would play them. They, you know, because they'd be, unless they were, uh, you know, there wasn't a ton in like the ten, you know, the five ten, no limit, going around. But like, you know, once it got a little higher, like some noobs would sit at like a nine max that wasn't full. You could play those, but mainly it was six max, no limit, and then PLO got kind of popular, probably like three years before the end. But like, and so like, if you were good in those. You weren't making any money. So, like, I mean, I, I'm assuming now, like, those guys must be amazing. Yeah. And that actually reminds me, uh, Will, uh, I, I feel bad if I'm going to butcher his uh, his last name. I think it's Jaff or Will Jaffe. Um, he's a very good uh, Twitter follow. He does these uh, tough conversation videos. But he had this uh, thread from last night of saying, I know I give uh, Daniel Negreanu uh, – shit and i poked fun at him but he deserves so much fucking respect for taking on this challenge really cannot be understated those who are in poker have an understanding of how good doug is at heads up poker but i'm not sure the general public really grasp it i remember when him and sauce were essentially the best heads up players in the world and they did a challenge and doug absolutely crushed him um and that's kind of what we're seeing here with just like someone who's just an absolute specialist in this specific game format versus someone who is maybe more of a an all-around generalist when it comes to poker. Yeah. I mean, I feel, I follow Will too. And I, I don't know if I agree with this. Like, so like if he loses a million and loses the bet, like what are we giving him credit for exactly? Just putting, putting on an entertainment product for fans, bringing more people into poker, not being afraid of looking embarrassed in front of uh, a bunch of people as well. Fair enough. Okay. I, I, I agree with that. It seems like quite the, quite the price to pay <laughs> here's the thing uh daniel negrado is a is a very very rich man and uh see that net worth <sighs> i bet he is but a lot of those guys blew some money he picked the he got the right he picked the right pony though yeah it's back in the day well and now he has a massive deal with gg poker and all that i, I think i think he's doing just just fine uh right. i mean him and phil helmuth are still you know, and I guess Ivy, but they've been the ones to leverage their poker personality and brand, I think, the best. I mean, the, the amount of opportunities that those guys can still get from a branding and, and marketing standpoint is is limitless. I think they can go, they make the market on what, if any, poker brands want to work. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Work with them. Phil, Phil got out of that ultimate bet scandal like unscathed somehow, too. Yeah. Pretty amazing. So for like for everyone who says they hate him, like they're probably not then, because if everyone hated him, he wouldn't have got out of that. Everyone would just disown him, he'd never get a deal again. Yeah. I mean, a lot of I mean, even 
even the full tilt guy. Well, I guess like people still go out hard after like Ferguson. And when he pops up at the world series, they get mad at him. People get mad at Andy. Not not around. Yeah. Um, There was one other question in here. We were talking about these old school poker guys. Someone said, is Gus Hansen playing again? Can't believe how much he lost on online poker. Gus Hansen is just like a stone cold suburban dad now. Like he's a dad, his, his Instagram content is like going to home Depot. Like he is, uh, he is not the, uh, the Gus Hansen. Uh, it's going to be a great summer party animal. We once knew. Huh? Um, what, what's the Patrick Antonius? Yeah. Back in the day. I wonder if, or if he plays anymore, he's friends yeah. with Brandon Adams. This kind of bleeds over into what we were going to talk about anyways. With yeah. The, just like, I don't know how to sum it up. You know, is DFS beatable? How long will DFS be beatable for? Do you want to kind of like yeah. bullshit about that for a few minutes? Yeah, you were you were messaging me about some stuff with like looking at ownership this week and you were just mentioning how efficient uh, it appeared to you. Yeah, so like the way I do it anyways, normally each week I'll be like overweight on some guys and underweight on other guys. And if I'm like dead even with the field, not that what I do is and I'll be all of anything, but just just what I've noticed this past week and a couple times this year, like I'm right around where the field is. Like there's still some guys I don't I don't have the information saved, but there's still some guys I was over. So like two weeks ago, I was way over on Robinson, James Robinson. And um, but last week, like I was over on Waller, but not a ton. Um so this like this kind of idea goes we've talked about this before with salary and ownership and i know people disagree with me i don't know why people disagree with me on this i think this is like logically obvious where like we don't want salary to to be dead on accurate because if salary is dead on accurate the your opponents can't make a mistake whether they pick them or don't pick them cuz the salary is dead on accurate the same thing with ownership so like if the DFS gods came down and said um, uh, Waller's supposed to be 8% owned, right? Given the possible amount of human knowledge, he's supposed to be 8% owned, and then they float back up to the to the skies. Um, it doesn't matter what side you pick on Waller's, you know, on his ownership, right? You have to then go to someone else. But if the DFS gods did the same thing, they said, okay, no, this is everyone's ownership. And this is this is what everyone's ownership should be exactly, and that's what everyone did. And this is what the salary should be exactly. It wouldn't matter. We're all just flipping coins. There's there's nothing you can do. Everything else is just narrative ba- bullshit. If the salary's dead on accurate, and the owner and in there, you know, therefore the ownership would be dead on accurate, depending how you want to look at it. It's they're they're synonymous because a dead on if, if the salary was given to us from the DFS gods, the ownership would be taken into account. I think people can't like they 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 don't think they they can't think like a little outside the box here. So it'd be like salary wouldn't be like eight thousand. It would be like seven thousand seven hundred and you know eight dollars and sixty seven cents for this guy. You know these salaries would be broken down perfectly type type of thing. And like it might go all the way down to a guy's like eighty cents and and yada yada. You know, and so it wouldn't matter what side you picked on him. And so the closer the field gets to that, the less edge you have in comparison to rake, no way. You might not have an edge at all. So like the closer ownership in the milli or whatever, especially the milli, considering there's so many dead lineups in there and dummies, you know, or not dummies, people who don't pay attention to this board and are just having fun. Um. The closer that gets, like, we're all kind of in trouble. Well, how much of it, so, like, this is a difference in, like, how we play, right? Because you are modeling your own projections for fantasy points, and you're modeling your own projections for ownership. And what you're kind of doing there is, right, you're saying, I can, that I'm trying to beat, you know, what the the rest of the market is doing with my own information whereas then someone like me i'm taking other people's information i'm aggregating it and then i'm trying to make decisions based on that available information like are are, because we're kind of doing 
two different things in, in how we approach it. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, sure. so like how, because to me, it's like for you, if the ownership gets more and more efficient, like that takes away your edge. Whereas for me, like I'm using publicly available ownership anyways, and trying to make decisions off of it. Like, I feel like I'm less like my edge doesn't change base because I'm not trying to get an edge on my own ownership projections. If that makes sense. Sure. Yeah. I'm saying that's irrelevant. So if the, if the salary is exactly what it should be, 7,700, you know, 62 and 50 cents, it does, it doesn't matter whose aggregate projections you aggregate. If you come up with your own ownership, if you don't, it yeah. doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. It doesn't matter what side you pick. That number is right. Now the other numbers might be wrong. And now, so just think of it like, let's say there's 10 players in the pool. Set of, seven of them are dead on accurate. Throw them out the window. They're all coin flips. There's nothing you can do. The other three, hopefully you could pick better than your opponents. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't matter if you aggregate or make your own or whatever. And, and so ownership is kind of like, you could think of it kind of like a balancing for the salaries being off. So, okay, the DFS guys didn't make the salary. Waller should have been a little higher. But then his, let's just say hypothetically, his ownership is higher, like 15% or something like that. Okay, well, then that's about right, right? That, like that would even it out. And then there, then you can't do anything there either. Yeah. So it, it doesn't matter what you do. If, if it's exactly right, what it exactly should be, it's like flipping a coin. If it's 50-50, you could be like, oh, no, but I Osimo and ETR said the heads was good this week. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, but it doesn't matter, dude. It's 50-50. You're just, you're just, you're just playing in games of narrative at this point. So what, what, what specific examples made you think of this? Because I feel like we could go look at, we could go pull up ownership and point to a lot of things of being like, okay, this was like a narrative driven thing. Oh, this was a product of recency bias. People didn't want to play him because he was coming off an injury. Oh, Adam touted this guy is the best play on the ETR flagship show. Like, I feel like we could find like human error baked mm-hmm. into these for very specific reasons. What made you kind of think it was getting so efficient? Be- because through my process, I wasn't getting leverage on guys uh, either way. As it- large as I normally do, like taking stances on on people. Because you're, because you're letting the math dictate your exposures, you're not saying like, whereas if you were just hand building or manually and say, you looked at Darren Waller at 8% ownership and you are like, oh, I want to be over the field on this. This is an absurd ownership percentage. You're saying your math is giving you the same as the field? Yeah. I'm, I'm saying, first of all, theoretically, Yeah, I'm saying if we get to that point eventually where the numbers are all dead on accurate, like we might never get there and then we can all try to win at, at this game of skill. And then I'm also saying theoretically, if you do it, like if it does become that way, it that's what it would look like. You would just match the field and we'd all pay the break. And so then I guess I would say, what makes you think that we are trending in that direction? Because it, it does seem like week after week, there are all these spots where it's just littered with human biases and, and stuff that maybe isn't actually reflective in what the true projection should be. I mean, I think there's no doubt we're trending in that direction. The players are getting better the public information's getting better. The prices are coming down for some of these content providers. Um, ownership's becoming available and more accurate. Theory and strategy videos are out there more. Like it's just eventually, it happens in like the markets get mature across all sectors. Why wouldn't it happen with this one? Mm-hmm. And I'm just using one anecdotal last week as like, yeah. oh, you know what? And it's just interesting to think about. And so I message you. I'm like, you know, you gotta, you gotta keep this in mind. And we're, and we gotta pay the rake. Yeah, which can be pretty high. So you gotta pay the rake. To, you gotta pay the beat the rake first of all. And then you gotta beat all these all these other people. And then the closer it gets, like the the less edge you have. There's just, I mean, the, this this is why I said this carries over a little bit when you were talking about short deck poker. Not that they're going to do this, and it might not even make sense, but you could just like change the rules up, start changing the rules up. Um, 
you know, who knows, who knows what you could do. I don't know if that's a great idea. Like actually they did try that right on FanDuel. Like it was a different game each week. Do you remember that like a year or two ago? No, I remember the stuff with like basketball and throw out lowest score, but that was the last stuff I remember. They had, they tried stuff. It was normally horrible, but at least they tried it. They tried golf too. Their first golf product was eight players. Oh, so bad. Eight players, you get four the first two days and then four the second two days. Yeah. But you got to think of, uh, like, I agree for the, for sharp players and for you, I mean, it's getting harder to just be, to be profitable as it gets more efficient. But like, are, what are the, are the sites optimizing to make the games harder? Or are they optimizing to bring more people in and have it easy for casuals to play? Like if you change up the rules each week, casuals are going to feel alienated and not as interested in, in hand building lineups on their phone while drunk on a Saturday night. Yeah, it could be a completely awful idea that would ruin the industry. I'm just saying hypothetically that once, you know, if, and they're probably never going to do it. I'm just saying hypothetically, purely hypothetically, like you could just change the rules of the game and then everyone's like at square one again. Yeah. Like, like when, when uh, showdown came out, no one knew what the hell they were doing. People laughed at it. A bunch of good players wouldn't play it. Yeah. That worked out, but you know, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't go insane, but there's things you can, there's things maybe you can do. Um, it, it would be fascinating to, if you had like a DFS census or some kind of global survey for, if you could have everyone who has made at least one DFS lineup over the past year, answered a few questions about stuff. It, it would be really interesting to figure out where people are at. Um, yeah, that reminds me though of that Henry Ford quote that may or may not be true. Um where he said, uh, I hate the Jews. He was racist. There, I made a reference. Um where he said, uh, if uh if I asked the people what they wanted, they would have said faster horses. Yeah. I mean, like I don't know. I don't know if I don't know if these these people who can't even beat the game or have any clue what they're doing are going to provide us with the next gto solution to no no, no but i i the game's alive i wasn't saying for them to like come up with the ideas have how to do it but just actually seeing you for you it would be good if they changed the rules like overnight because you your learning curve for solving a new game would be far ahead of me and far 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 ahead of other people who just casually hand build a few lineups each week. So it's like, that's what I'm just saying of like, would it actually be good for the overall ecosystem? Um, I mean, I can, I see what you're saying. I would say that that's, I mean, that's going to happen in every anyways, all the time and everything like the guys who are better at it are going to win first. Um, that's the way it started. DFS started and it was a lot more uh, people had a lot better shot in 2015, even though 1% of the guys were really good and everyone else stunk. I mean, it yeah. worked before. Yeah. Remember, po you know, poker back in the day, it was just flooded with dudes who didn't know what the hell they were doing, you know? Like, sure, the 1% is going to do better, but they're, they do better now. They're going to do better if it started all over again anyways or if there's something new coming around the corner. Yeah. Yeah, and I think – you know, there is that huge, there are the different levels of like the top players. And then, you know, there's players like me who are eager to learn and leverage all the resources available to get better. And then like, I still think that is in just a very small subset of like the whole DFS ecosystem. And then there's just swaths and hundreds of thousands of players who aren't consuming content, who aren't, you know, looking at leverage spots, who are hand building winning Millie maker lineups where you have the early tight end, you know, in the flex in the late tight end and you're tight. Like they don't care, you know? No, yeah. Um, no, we're, not, we're not there yet either. Like I said, we're not there yet. This is just theoretical and yeah. but like, who knows, maybe there'll be a product out where like, it'll just give you the best lineup pretty damn close. Gives you 20 quick, awesome lineups that are going to be kind of unique. You don't even have to think about it. You could easily do that now. Probably. You're talking about like the next evolution of an of an optimal, which is actually a simmed lineup relative to contest size, baking in correlation and ownership. Yeah, and someone just gives it to you, and then who knows? 
Yeah. That's what you're giving out in the, in your discord, right? (laughs) (laughs) Release the Sims. I go into Brian's discord for like five minutes. Release the Sims. (laughs) I mean, it's uh, like that's a problem with poker, right? Where where they they have all these solver bots and stuff. Yeah, and and like if they end up legalizing it here, the companies are going to have to try to control that. Good luck. Like I don't know if I'm even going to play. I probably won't. But the the thing that's interesting about that is like you can see why that sprouted up as like a business opportunity, right? Like if I could create a solver and I could sell it to all these users across the globe who want to use it for their own research. Whereas like, how, how do you scale or sell? Like if you decided like, I want to start sharing my Sims with the world, like how could you scale that as like a profitable business? Well, I mean, if you just put everyone else out of business and you just make a hundred grand a month or something. Sounds like you've thought about it. (laughs) I mean, somebody could come up with something, but it doesn't even have to be that far. It could just be like, it'd be like, okay, maybe, um, maybe Awesome O and Daily Roto and Fantasy Labs don't like, they don't want to do subscription. They just want users and these give away for free. So now all that stuff's free. Like it's possible that could easily happen. They, I mean, they're getting close. Some of these sites are pretty damn cheap. Yeah. Although there's another element to this. And again, I'm, I'm just, I'm just playing uh, devil's advocate. I agree with your larger point that we're trending toward the market getting smarter and sharper, but the other element of people subscribing to sites is a community slash tribalistic thing. Like people like being on the team. There's the reason people do screenshots and tag their, their favorite touts. Like they feel like, Hey, we won one for the team too. So I think there'll always be that community element as well where people feel like you know i i'm a part of this relationship i'm part of that to where i feel like it, that's hard to measure mm-hmm. this as well we're also competing against the state here we go let's do some references no but but seriously if 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 revenue goes down for the state they're gonna look for places to get money and generally they look at like sin 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 taxes Right. They don't want to raise money on you. So they just go, okay, let's just raise gambling taxes. So, like, and then, okay, FanDuel goes under. Now we just have DraftKings and whatever, one other site or something. And then the taxes go even higher. Right. There's a lot of ways. And then, and then the tools get easy. The tools get better. The taxes get higher. There's a lot of ways this can, can go. I'm responding to the comments. Cobra says, next time I min cash, I will say thanks for the min cash over Zet. And I said, thank you. Little did I know the shoe was about to drop. And if I win the Millie maker, I will say thanks, Brian Hooper. <laughs> uh, you probably have a better shot with, with Pete winning that Millie than I did than you had with me. I haven't uh I haven't been playing the Millie much, although I have a few tickets. I've been winning some tickets in my my showdown uh qualifiers so uh maybe this is my week this is the week i banked the millie and you were i think you were going to go to this point before where or maybe you talked about on one of your other shows where like there's different ownership in the spy than the millie and so like i think that that's definitely an avenue to to look at for people because most of like the strategy info out there and the ownership projections and stuff are for large field GPPs. So it might behoove people, especially in the NFL, to stick to the whatever, 2,000 or less fields and um, and just try to beat those. I Totally. And it's it, it's been an interesting experience for me because what I play in my personal role with like the spies in the red zone, like the $50 and $100 single entries is kind of where I'm exclusively playing. But then for the tilt space, we've been doing like the $1,500 game changer. Last week we did the 4,444 and it's been fascinating to get more in the weeds with how the ownership works on those levels. And especially in those higher single entry or three max contests, there's like all these interesting things where the chalk is condensing almost even harder 
around the best plays, but then there's this out-leveling situation as well where everyone's consuming the content. They know the projected chalk for the larger field stuff, and they're making hard pivots off of that um, in hopes of getting ahead of that, but everyone's doing the same thing in that contest. It's like you're reacting to the large field ownership in small field and then it, it goes back to when I made the video about it last year. I was like Zidane in the World Cup where you kick the PK straight down the center because the goalie is guessing left or right. It's like maybe just going down the center sometimes in those contests is what makes sense. Yeah. No, I think certainly you can you can get some edges in there. Um, you know, in my example of that's it, it may never – I mean it's almost definitely never going to happen because DraftKings is never going to price – the players perfectly. But if they did, even all that stuff would just be, and they would probably price them differently in different events based hmm. on how many players there are in there. Like that would probably be like the GTO solution for that. So that's never going to happen. But if it gets close enough and rate gets high enough, it's probably better just look for another, another market. And there'll, there'll be another one. Yeah. There'll be another one. There's got to be. Yeah. Tailing, tailing cash out king on college basketball sides. How are we looking here, Pepperdine? <laughs> this is the problem with me and betting is like I very rarely get sweat equity out of Oh, this game hasn't even started. Oh, no. I, I, I'm i ashamed to say I bet uh, I bet it at four and a half. <laughs> so did I. I thought you were going to say you took the other side. I was like, you can't, you can't. He's do probably that. shaving off a point, anyways. Oh, no, I got it at three and a half. <laughs> sure, you did. Sure, you did cash out, King. Ooh, um, that's that's a good strategy. You you just shave it off and then people look around for it and can't find it. Oh, yeah, touts do this shit all the time. They do it all the time. They'll shave off a point or half a point, or they'll get it at minus one forty-five. When you know, and then they'll say minus one ten. Uh, they're 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 full of shit, you know. I'm so triggered, Eli. You always have OnlyFans, Pete. Big market for dudes with no lips. Whoa! I can't believe I let you guys in on this. About yeah, that, I don't know. It seems like it feels like that was a mistake. I just don't know where people are getting this from, Brian. I don't I get it. Uh, <laughs> I just, I mean, your upper lip is like maybe not as red as your bottom one. That's the only one I could think of. This is when you know you've been on Twitter uh, and online too long, where people start pointing out things about you that you've never even heard before in your entire life. Yeah, he's a commie. Who gives a shit? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I get the. I feel like I get Ryan Tannehill a lot. People say they think I look like Ryan Tannehill. I don't even know what he looks like. Tell you the truth. <laughs> <laughs> That's at least, uh, he, he used to play for the Dolphins here, your team. That is true. It's so funny. We were ragging on Davis today. On the, did you watch the soul cast? I watched like, yeah, first 20 or 30. Did you see when, uh, I don't know if this might've been earlier. You know what? I feel like Ryan Tannehill, sorry to uh, go off here. I feel like he looks like Britt divine. A little bit, yeah. Except longer, thicker neck. Jesus, Britt needs to uh, really get into the gym to thicken that neck up to compare it. Yeah, yeah, you're you're right. It's it's a thicker. But if you go from that, yeah, you're right. It's the neck. The face is pretty similar. Well, when you inject yourself with that many and that much roids, usually your neck thickens out a bit. You think you think Tanny's on roids? I think they're all on fucking roids. <laughs> they're all on something. I would be. Fuck. Well, that's like the whole Will Fuller stuff. It's just like, oh yeah, Will Fuller's on roids. What does he weigh? A buck fifty? Yeah, having the healthiest year of his life. Yeah, well, roids can be beneficial. It let him be legal. Let them do what they want. Let them smoke weed. Let's come on. Thank, yeah. Hey, you know where I stand. <laughs> this is, you know, what is this? Communist Russia over here. I don't even know a good analogy for this. <laughs> they, they insult your lips. They won't let you take any roids or smoke any pot or place any bets. Why don't you pop up this tweet that, that I shared? Oh, the David? Yeah. Why not? We're, we're since we're kind of talking about it anyways. 
Um, I I I think I shared it, didn't I? Yeah, yeah. I'm 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 pulling it up here. Uh, what did you DM it to me? No, I have it shared. Oh, my I, bad. I, Sorry, I did DM it to you too, but I got you. Um, this is like exactly what I was saying we shouldn't do. <laughs> do what? Kind of just like as a I don't know public relations standpoint for for like if we get involved or how we should think about this, how we should think about gambling. So anecdotally stories of betters being limited are increasing. And of course it's within the book's legal right to limit betters. Like that's such like a fucking boomer con goddamn talking point. It pisses me off. Like, yeah, I, I know. I know. I fucking know. Thank you. Here we uh, go. We got brick from last week. He's <laughs> bubbling to the surface. Um, da, 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 what did he say? Oh, if the books thought they'd make money by taking better's action, they do so. Okay. All right, David. Um, however, Spooks are going. And then here's where he, he gives us. He our, wins you back. Our defense. If they're going to do this, right? The company should do a better job to identify problem gamblers. Fuck you. Fuck you. How about, why does it, in, like, are all these studies fake on Wikipedia that link to, like, uh, government, government run studies? Like, it's not that big of a problem. I can't, like, do this, like, looking at you. I'm, like, laughing. So I can't fucking – I'm not going to get angry this time because your big smile, your goddamn little lips and big smile. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing because the chat, they want you to just say something completely over the line uh, in a reference. <laughs> that shit isn't over the line. It's dead on accurate. Um, what, what the fuck I was talking about? Yeah. Yeah, that's what we need to stop problem gambling. Fuck you. Okay, maybe I will go over the line. So I was listening to Spanky's latest podcast, and he was interviewing some old uh, regulator, gambling gaming regulator, and used to work in the sports books in Vegas. And one of the rules they had was that they would you have to have a phone in the casino dedicated to 1-800-GAMBLER. And I was thinking, like, I would love to see the stats on how many times that phone was used if you subtract the prank calls. Like <laughs> the prank calls, it was probably used like fucking once in 30 fucking years. Like what a stupid government solution to a non-existent problem. Okay, it exists. I feel bad for the people who are affected by this. I know it affects between 0.6 and 2.6% of the population. But it, like it'd be uh, like putting like a a self-assisted breathalyzer like on the side of a highway where you like pull yourself over while driving drunk to to give yourself a breathalyzer. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, no one is everyone doing this. Sorry, my analogy wasn't hot enough. I apologize. Yeah, well, yeah that was tame. Yeah, DUIs <laughs> and stuff. That's a little, a little sketchy. No, but there, but there, yeah, there is tons of like, like, I, I mean, I don't even know. Like, even, and I don't want to use drug addiction rates too because those are a lot lower than people realize. I can't do this. I, I want to read. I want to read you lies. Rick, <laughs> I shared you that tweet wanting you to compare gambling to childhood obesity or something else, man. <laughs> <laughs> he did share it with me. He did. <laughs> they're just they're just poking the bear, just poking <laughs> the flames. This will piss him off. <laughs> and this is exactly these fucking media people. Like and and he's 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 in gambling media, you know, ESPN gambling. It's kind of a mix, but it's like they're not gonna fucking help us. They're not gonna fucking help us. And like the goddamn boomer com free market free market argument, like you fucking idiots. Like, okay, here's here's a, here's a shitty fucking analogy for you. Like, if we were on an island, okay, and every every business was free of government rule. Right. And then a group of people siphoned off a market and said only four businesses could be here and it's five million dollars to get in. We'd be like, what the fuck are you doing? And then and then and then even if you did that and we didn't like try to stop them, we wouldn't go like, well, there's still four free businesses. They're free market. Nothing we can do here. You know, it's the dumbest fucking argument. Like, yeah, that that's not the world we live in. Like they're doing this to you. Do you want to do something to them? Do you want to try to fight it? Yes or no? 
Like, obviously, no, they don't. They have no fucking interest in it. <laughs> I can't, I can't go any further because you're damn smirking. <laughs> I'm sorry. The the chats have has been way too good. <laughs> I see some of it. <laughs> Would you compare the media to Nazis? Oh my, oh baby. Um, I don't know. Goebbels was a part of the media, wasn't he? Um, all right, guys, we, uh, we got brick to about a seven or an eight. We didn't get the 11 that we got last week. <laughs> I found out that I have tiny lips. It's been a great show. Uh, good luck with all of our Pepperdine sweats. Hopefully we can all be posting, uh, screenshots of our winning tickets around 11 PM tonight. Um, we've mentioned the discords. Brian's got a Discord. I got a Discord. Discord's here. Discord's there. Brian posts full Sims of every slate in there, right? <laughs> I dedicate 100% of my time to it, yes. Yes. Um, please subscribe to the channel. Smash the like button. We are here through thick and thin every single Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern. You guys can download this in audio version. If you'd like, we appreciate you guys hanging out. As always, have a terrific Wednesday. And don't forget, remove toxicity, guys. Oh. Remove toxicity. Well said. credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.